Before we get started with the show today, I have a listener to thank for a donation. Ann Jackson sent us a donation via PayPal. She was actually the listener who inspired the episode on abstracting from emotion. Uh, And she sent us a really nice message, too, that I'm going to read for you. Listening to the Messy Studio podcast each week is a regular part of my weekend. I really enjoy the thoughtful, conversational nature of the show. There is always something to consider and something to learn. I was delighted that you took up my recent suggestion of talking about abstracting from emotion and inner landscape, something near and dear to my heart. I've been meaning to make a donation for many months now, and I will take this opportunity to do so. Thanks for your clarity and commitment to producing a fine podcast. Well, thank you, Anne, for participating in the show, for contributing a suggestion for an episode, and for also making a financial donation. We really appreciate you. I'll also mention that you can find Anne Jackson's work at AnneJacksonFineArt.com. That's A-N-N-E-J-A-C-K-S-O-N. F-I-N-E-A-R-T dot com. She's also on Instagram at Ann Jackson Fine Art as well. If you would like to make a donation to the Messy Studio Podcast, just go to MessyStudioPodcast.com and click the Donate button. It's a yellow button in the upper right-hand corner that says Donate, and there you can set up a single-time or a recurring monthly donation via PayPal for literally any amount. So that's www.MessyStudioPodcast.com and click the Donate button. All right, that's all for now. On with the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about when is it finished? Every time we make a piece of art, we reach the point of deciding that it's finished. Yet as common as this moment is in studio life, it is often one of doubt and second guessing. What are some meaningful criteria for when something is done? Are there questions to ask ourselves in declaring something finished? Do we have to finish everything, or is it okay to abandon certain pieces? Today, we will look at this ordinary but complex process of deciding a work of art is done. With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. Uh, Yes, something we face constantly (laughs) and raises so many questions. Um, As an instructor, so often I've run into this question, how do you know when something is done? Um, And, you know, like so many things, there's no one easy answer. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I'm kind of going to start with a little bit of a rant because there's something about this uh, situation that has, well, it bugs me. Um, And that is, it has to do with asking uh, for someone else to tell you that something's done or uh, volunteering uh, from your part that something is done. And I often notice artists online, Facebook, Instagram, uh, asking for opinions about whether a piece is finished. And just as often I see people giving their unsolicited advice that something is done. You know, the, the common expression, don't touch it, it's perfect. Right, it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, both of these situations bother me. Uh, first, asking if your work is done, I really believe it's your job to decide that as the artist because whatever is leading you to decide it is other people are not really privy to your thoughts. Um and, you know, I think it's fine to ask for people's opinions and but about how the work is. I mean, maybe frame it in terms of, you know, does something stand out to you as, as bothersome or, you know, do I have enough of a value range or 
those kind of specific questions as part of your own uh, decision making, and it really helps to get somebody else's eyes on things. But that actual moment of saying it's done, that's up to you. <laughs> and, you know, I think what you're really wondering when you when you ask if something is done, is there anything obviously wrong with it? Um, and that's fine. But you really can't borrow somebody else's vision um, beyond that specific input. Um, they don't know what's right for you. And and you're really going to learn a lot more by pursuing your own ideas wherever they go. And it's probably in quite some other direction than whoever say, yes, it's done, don't touch it, because <laughs> they have their own criteria. Um, and so at the same token, it doesn't make sense to self tell somebody else their work is done, because you're only looking at it through your own lens. And, you know, it sort of borders on being kind of rude, actually, like, you're telling somebody, you know, stop talking, you said enough. <laughs> um, a lot of instructors do that. It's kind of a common practice to you know, walk through the room and say, okay, you're done. Stop. That's perfect. Um, but I personally make it a practice, like, never say that. <laughs> and I've had people tell me to stop working. And, of course, my immediate response is, <laughs> I'm not done. You know, I I don't really want to hear that. And what What about as an instructor, um, do you ever tell someone who thinks that they're done that they're not done? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I don't know. I would say, I don't know that I would quite phrase it that way, but I would tell them, like I was saying uh, earlier, something specific as in, um, you know, I, I don't feel like you've quite uh, dealt with co so these compositional issues or um, you know, I, I feel that the color could be shifted a bit in, in to a warmer direction or something like that, like really specific. Um, and they can take it or leave it. I mean, no, actually, I don't say you're done. Um, and if somebody tells me they're done, um, you know, I'll probably back off a bit unless there's something that really bothers me because it is their decision. But if there's something that bothers me, I'm going to tell them. Well, and I think that your style of teaching is is different from uh, what I've experienced in classrooms in the past uh, because I was always being graded, and I don't believe that you grade your students in your workshops. No, <laughs> no, we do not. And um, so there was, there's, uh, there were times in my art education um, where uh, I wanted to, um, you know, maybe leave something unsaid, so to speak. Um, you know, right. leave something. Uh, I was exploring maybe um, having a little bit more of a minimalist tendency or something. And mm -hmm. I didn't want to overwork a piece. Right. And I, I, I submitted work that I felt was complete and was told that I hadn't completed the project. <laughs> and so <Right. laughs> um, so I, I, this does go both ways. And it's very, very difficult for instructors or for any outside person to tell you whether a piece of work is done or not. But the communication that we're having with our audience through our artwork sometimes is not is not quite there yet there's something mm -hmm. that is either overworked or underworked or needs to be changed and it is a personal decision whether a piece of work is done or not but we also need to be able to accept that that input from other people 
Well, it, to me, the best way of teaching somebody about this isn't um, to pass judgment without any backup to it, you know, um, or say, well, that wasn't done. And instead say, what was your idea? Could you have done this or that to improve it? You know, that kind of thing where it's, you know, this kind of open and shut uh, case of is it done or not, it really gets down to the artist's beliefs and, and what they're, you know, what they're trying to do. And it's not that we always achieve what we're trying to do. So I get what you're saying. I mean, you know, we fail short, especially when learning um, of communicating that. That's all part of the learning process. Um, so I, th I guess in general, like pushing people to take something a little bit further, to me, is more acceptable than cutting them off and saying, don't push further, because pushing further is really how we learn. And, you know, you can go into a um, many times people stop too soon and until some instructor says to them, you know, you could take this further. Uh, they may be shutting down for a lot of reasons. They may be backing off from not finishing it um, because there's some fear involved. There's some fear I'm going to wreck it, you know. <laughs> and that is um, really one of the biggest things that holds people back from moving forward with something because they've, they've got to a point, well, you know, it's working. It seems okay. If I do one more thing, um, I, may, I may lose it. And that is for sure a factor that weighs into is it finished, is this kind of hesitation to push it any further. And, I mean, I've certainly pushed many paintings past where they were not bad at all. <laughs> you know, you, you get into this, I call it sort of like the never-ending painting. You know, you can, you can get into this um, uh, mode where, you know, you're, you look at everything as it's nearing completion and you start thinking about some little tweak or some little change, or I think I need a little more red, you know, and you put a little more red and then, um, oh, I think I need some red over here. And then it doesn't take much. And before you know it, um, you have a whole new painting that you're working right. on. And that's a cycle that a lot of, it, it, well, it depends on your medium. I mean, I'm talking about oil painting where these things are possible uh, a medium that allows you to to tweak and push on and, you know, and some are, you know, maybe printmaking or watercolor. You're restricted by your medium from from continuing to push. But then uh, maybe you put aside, start another one. Um, but, you know, I just think there's a lot of reasons to to take responsibility for making your own decisions about if something's done. Um and that, and that includes, you know, accepting that, yeah, you may end up with a whole different painting if you make this one more move on it. Or um, I, I think that wrecking paintings is at least as important as making good ones in terms of your overall progress. I mean, you know, you, I, and I keep saying paintings. It really depends on, I mean, it, this could go for other art forms as well, but anything you're making is a learning experience. You know, it's in the end, you may have something that, you can sell or you can exhibit or that sort of thing. But everyone is a learning experience to me more than a product. And you only figure out where your limits are by going past them. And when you were talking about trying to do something um, more minimalist, 
you know, that's that's like a moving target to me to find that point where something's working in a minimalist way. Uh, it's not. Um, it's interesting enough. It's not so minimalist that there's nothing there. <laughs> um, right. And sometimes it's a, it's a result of coming back. You know, you you push it, you push it, and then you start quieting everything down and and uh, editing everything out that you don't need. So it's a process that actually takes some time. Um, yeah, it's about distilling to base exactly. components and yeah. uh, trying to get the purest form possible. Right, um, and that that's and, not easy. And it's it's and it's also difficult to get there and not have something that looks unfinished or incomplete or uh boring <laughs> you know and so it's there needs to be enough there for the viewer to connect with but mm-hmm. um if you're if you're shooting for that distilled pure essence it's very very difficult and it is and that's why you know as an as somebody trying to help another person whether it's a friend or whether you're an instructor to try to get inside their head and see um you know, understand that they are trying to get to this minimalist point and not telling them to stop because, you know, you like where it's at. <laughs> I, I remember, you know, it's happened to me numerous times where people would come into my studio and kind of, you know, pick something that to me was nowhere near done, only had a few layers down and really get excited about it. And I really like that. <laughs> and I know I've said this before in the podcast, but sometimes when people act like something is done or they, Oh, I really love this part. That kind of comment can hold somebody back. I mean, even if you resist it, some part of your brain says, Oh, you know, somebody saw that as finished. Maybe it is, you know, maybe let me think about that, you know? And even if you decide, well, no, it's not, there's some part of you that can be a little bit affected by that kind of a really positive remark, you know, yes, it's great. Um, and and so you know, like so many things in art, just take some pretty honest conversation with yourself, and some pretty, pretty honest looking. Um, and and it can happen to artists, no matter how they work. I sort of speak from the perspective of this kind of process oriented oriented painting that I do, where it's always evolving. Um, I'm always responding to what I'm putting down within certain parameters of, you know, things that I want to express. And so it's it's pretty fluid and open-ended. And that type of painting probably is harder um, to feel that, you know, to say it's done than uh, sort of a more um, pre-planned sort of work where maybe you have a a real um, idea in mind of where this is going to end up. And you can see your steps, you know, moving towards it and you're resolving it at the end, but it's, it's more linear. (laughs) So this kind of uh, nonlinear approach to art making, it really is one of the biggest things that people struggle with. Um, You know, and, and yeah, as an instructor, it comes up so often uh, just, you know, it's so uh, it's so squishy. It's a squishy thing, you know. <laughs> you poke it here, and it pokes out there, and it's uh, it's very. It, I I look at it as sort of a balance of you have kind of an intuitive feeling when something is done, but you can also, um, you know, have some criteria, some ideas that that 
you want in your work. And if they're not there, then it probably isn't done. Real quick, I want to take a quick minute to remind everyone to use our Blick affiliate link when you order your art supplies online. That link is either available at MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick, or you can just go to MessyStudioPodcast.com and click the Blick button. It's a button in the upper left-hand corner that says Blick, and that will take you straight through to the regular Blick website. But when you go through our affiliate link, we will earn a 10% commission, which does a lot to support the show. I always suggest that people just bookmark that link, and then you don't even have to think about it. You're just supporting the show every time you buy art supplies. I also want to give everyone a heads up that right now, Gamblin products are 40% off. So this is a great time to get your cold wax medium. So once again, that's www.messystudiopodcast.com slash Blick. All right, let's get back into it. So what are some of these criteria that you use in your own work to identify when a piece of work is finished? Well, um, when I look at it, I'm looking for anything that I want to edit out for different reasons, for compositional reasons, for color reasons, um, for basically is some part of the painting distracting. It's fighting with some other part. You know, <laughs> There's a competition going on for, for the eye. Do I look here or do I look there? It's a really common problem um, in painting where the viewer's eye isn't sure where to go. So I'm I'm trying to look for, for anything like that. So it's not only things I want to take away, but things that might be added, like that little bit of red. Um, and these are, you know, when it's the end of a painting, this is pretty carefully considered. Um, but you don't always know when you're at the end of the painting either. So that's, I'll just put that out there and come back to it later. But what, what I'm looking at trying to decide if it's done, um, does it feel sort of natural? Like it, it just means it, it's meant to be this way. And that's a real intuitive feeling, but it, it kind of based on, does it look, there's something about the painting that looks sort of forced or contrived, or um, I call it self-satisfied. <laughs> Sometimes paintings, they just, they're kind of smug somehow. There's no raw edges. They're all put together very nicely. And sometimes then that makes me want to just shake them up a little bit. <laughs> um, it sounds like a lot of these ways that you judge a painting are, are intuitive and kind of based on individual pieces and hard to quantify but it also seems like you you rely quite a bit on just fundamentals and the elements and principles of art and making sure that they are present in your work and that they are done well well that is the balance really it's um it is that that's well that sense of i have used the 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 colors the tools the elements in ways that make sense and there's some sort of intelligence to the work it's it doesn't have a feeling of randomness or scatteredness um, and it has evolved to this point so they they take a while there's patience involved and I'm talking you know about a more developed painting but when I said sometimes you don't know if something is done there can be times when you're pretty sure you're not done and you put it aside. And you come back to it, and you see it in a new way, and then that process of deciding might come sooner than you were expecting. Um, more often, it's <laughs> there's impatience involved, and that's one of the questions is that's good to ask yourself if you're trying to figure out if it's done. You ask yourself, 
you know, what is my, do I have a level of impatience with this whole thing? You know, do I just want it to be over? And to me, it's amazing how often this is a factor um, for myself and I know for other artists as well. You know, why shouldn't we be patient with something? It's, you know, there's no one demanding it in, you know, two days usually. And that unfolding of ideas and procedures in your painting is, is, you know, it's usually really enjoyable and it's part of the big part of the process. But I think it also, when you feel that way, you acknowledge that, you know, this is hard. It's a struggle. And uh, sometimes you just want an answer. Um, But, you know, and that's kind of a dangerous point to be at because at that point you can often say, you know, it's fine. Uh, And it's kind of like you're settling for your work being not as good as it could be. Um, right. I think it's better to put something aside for a little while or um, to or to even abandon it completely um, than to release something that isn't up to uh, your personal standard and right. doesn't doesn't fully represent your abilities. I agree. And and the, that whole question of, you know, is it OK to to put it aside? As I mentioned before, sometimes you do because the medium that you're working in doesn't allow you to change it or cover it up or paint over it. Uh, if it does allow you to do that, uh, you know, I don't find anything wrong with that. At, at least putting it aside, you, you don't have to uh, struggle through to the end of everything. And there may be things that you learn in the process and that's what's making it a hard painting to resolve. You're learning things. Um, maybe there's a point in the painting where you have learned what you wanted to learn. You have figured out it's, you're still wrestling with it. You're still frustrated with it. Um, I have found at that point, if I put it aside, start something new, um, the ideas that I was trying to figure out, and they may be kind of subconscious. They may not be, you know, I haven't formulated them in them in my mind, but they're there. I start something new, and it's it goes it kind of flows. You know, it's it's easier, um, and it's so interesting to realize that yeah, I was working something out, and now this one's going much better. And then often going back to that one that I was really frustrated with, um, and finding a way to resolve that as well. Um, well, and that decision of whether to. Uh, put something aside for a little while or to abandon it completely probably has a lot to do with um, what what tools, what what methods, uh, what media you're using. Um, and some of these are going to be just by their nature very quick and very gestural. And those are going to yes. be the kind of things that are um, you probably want to just start over rather than putting that aside. Um, yeah, you know, you yeah. mentioned watercolor, uh, ceramics to, to some extent can be like that. You can, you can preserve ceramics for a period of time, but there is a, uh, the, the longer you set it aside, the, the more that it tends to dry out and it can also ceramics. It's very easy just for something to become overworked in appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a lot of, a, a lot of things you, you want to maintain that quick gestural energy, um, and so that's the kind of thing where you want to probably just put that, abandon it completely, um, and start over fresh and, you know, pieces that, that are more involved that, that, um, you know, like, like the kind of work that you do where you're building up layers over time, it's, it's much easier to put that aside for a few days or even a week or two and come back to it 
and it is have it yeah. have it be fresh in your mind again then yes it's also you know because you know you can work on something like a very developed layered cold wax painting painting forever <laughs> it's a it presents its own type of uh frustration or stress because you know if you, if you know you're looking for that fresh gestural mark um and you and you don't have it well okay you know you're done with that one try again and and i run into that with my works on paper um so i know that feeling and it's really great when it happens uh but a lot of them just do go in the trash <laughs> Yeah. And, and that's that's the kind of work that I actually really enjoy is that quick gestural. Like I, I always loved working in charcoal um, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and watercolor and, and ceramics because you get that that gestural energy. Uh, yeah. And it's like if you if you work on it too long, then you mess it up and you you start over fresh. And it's so the the a single piece may not take very much time actually to make, but it's it's the the hours and years of practice that get you to the point where you're able to create that gestural piece in a matter of minutes. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because that really is a, a specific uh, kind of work that you've, you hit it or you don't. And when right. you don't, well, you swing you and either you hit it or you miss. You know? <laughs> and if you miss, you yeah. crumple it up and throw it in the trash and start over. I mean, I really, I really hadn't thought that there really are these different categories of how involved you can get according to your medium. And it's actually really nice for me, like as a person who does these very developed um, oil and wax paintings, to have this the sideline going on with works on paper and it, it just feels great. You know, I, I go in the morning, just do some quick things and, um, and you know, that, so that part of me is satisfied. <laughs> right. Because it is, it's a certain energy and then you can sort of bring that to your other work as well. Yeah. And I, um, I do of course have, have involvement in other things that are more involved. I mean, this podcast is a great example. This is not quick and gestural. This is, right? this is very involved and organized and planned and it, it takes hours and hours to put it together. Um, and, and so there's, there's, but you, when you have something that is quick and gestural and you can just, you can get that immediate satisfaction of completing a thing, you know, and then you can, you know, bring that energy into something that requires a little bit more dedication. And it, it actually brings up another one of the things that I think are interesting to ponder when you're looking at your work. And let's say that your work is more developed and, you know, takes a while and all that. And sometimes there's something about it that, um, I guess I'd speak from my own perspective, something that makes me a bit uneasy, when I look at it, um, and that sometimes that is an area that's a bit rougher and raw, more raw, or maybe it's a mark that looks very gestural. And so my inclination is, oh, it's not finished because it has this edge to it. Um, but I'm learning, and this is you know kind of an ongoing thing that I'm trying to work out. That doesn't mean it's not finished. Um, maybe it's time to let it sit for a few days and see how that works over time. You know, if you look at it a few days later, that thing that that seemed a little rough or raw may suddenly seem very integrated into the piece and it's just fine. But because it's a little out of your own uh, comfort zone or what you normally do, you may think it's not done. And that that's a really, that's a really challenging point. I think that's when you really have to, um, kind of push yourself to accept that 
okay, maybe my work is changing a little bit, or I've done something that seems out of character, but maybe it's okay. You know, maybe that's the next step. Um, and kind of along those lines, one of the ways that I also decide something is or isn't done is I look at it next to several other recent paintings, uh, presuming I have them around, and I'll, I'll line up four or five paintings that relate to the one that I'm trying to decide if it's finished. And it's not that I want to reproduce those earlier paintings, but I'm trying to see, is this recent painting... Um, does it you know, fit? Does it fit? Is it advancing anything? I mean, have I tried something different in it? I don't want to just reproduce what I'd done that I felt was, was working. So, yeah, does it fit in terms of sort of a series or an advancement of an idea? Um, sort of, I just want to sort of have it, each painting move me forward a little bit. Um, some of them function more to kind of consolidate what I've been figuring out, and some push a little forward. But in any case, there there's a body of work there. And so it's really actually helpful to, to look at whatever you're doing right now in context of other things, see the relationships. Um, so that's one of the things um, that I do. And there's a couple of kind of practical things. Uh, I'm going to talk about oil paint here, but have you, I asked myself, has it dried enough so that I'm seeing how it's going to look uh, when it is fully dry? Because oil paint can change when it dries. It can, the colors can sink in a little bit, or it might lose some of its glossiness or something. And it's subtle, but many times I have at least put down a layer that I was really happy with in terms of color or value is exciting. And I come back the next day and it's kind of, it's kind of settled down. It doesn't look the way it did the day before. Um, and that's just kind of a, technical thing. Um, it's less true with other media because acrylic dries right away. Watercolor, you know, you know when it's dry. Um, another thing is to look at whatever you're doing in different lights. Um, and that's not always easy or possible, but if you can move it around your studio, um, maybe have some a corner of your studio where you have some uh, more lighting that would be typical in a home. Um, I mean, my own studio has, you know, has color corrected bulbs and all this kind of stuff in natural light. But sometimes I'll move something to one end where it's not, it gets away from the, the artificial lighting. Um, and there is a like a reading lamp there. And I just, it's interesting to see how things change in different lights. Uh, and, you know, I'm not saying that's a real criteria for whether it's done because it's okay if it look, doesn't look very good in dim light or something. Hopefully, uh, wherever it ends up, it's going to be well lit. But it's just one of the things I do. Another thing is uh, looking at it um, in a photo, looking at it in a mirror. These are diff these are ways to get a little distance on it to see it um, not up close and personal, but you know you're backing off. Many people don't have room in their studios to really back up. And that's when a photo or a mirror, which can, if you look at the piece of kind of over your shoulder looking in the mirror, it can look like it's further away than it is. And it's also in reverse. So it, sometimes you notice things that you wouldn't otherwise. So things that you can do to get a little bit different perspective on it. Um, a lot of artists like to hang something up in their house, um, if they can do that, and then see if it holds up. You know, if you hang it in your living room, 
see if when you walk through your living room, it it continues to please you and it continues to be interesting as part of kind of life going on around it. Um, I I don't usually do that in the house, but I do it in the studio. I'll put it up somewhere. And then sometimes it's kind of a quick glance. Like I'll walk in the studio, I'll glance over at it, and almost right away I'm hit by something if it's actually not finished. There'll be some, you know, area that just looks like it needs more work. Uh, but it's that kind of glance and, and quickly taking it in kind of sideways. <laughs> um, I don't know what else, like trying not to think about what other what other people will like or will other people like it because if you're trying to decide if it's done at that point it really like i said at the beginning it really is your decision um so you're trying to shut out other voices um judgments and reach that conclusion yourself um and you know giving it some time it's it's sometimes it's you find yourself in a situation where you getting something ready for a show or something and you, you don't really have time to live with it for very long. Uh, that's okay. I mean, it, it, ideally you can give it some time though, before you send it out into the world. Well, do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode? Uh, just to, to reiterate that uh, I really think the responsibility lies on the artist for deciding something's done. And also it's important to get some kind of clarity for your own decision-making, your own criteria, uh, whether that's an intuitive sense, whether it is um, more analytical, logical, or some combination that suits you. And I think probably most artists have some sort of combination. Um, and I also think it's good um, not to avoid deciding that it isn't done. <laughs> That's a kind of a roundabout way of saying, allow something to not be done uh, according to your kind of gut feeling about it, even though part of you is saying, I really, really wish I could get this thing finished. <laughs> so that's that's the point, though, where you're probably on your way to something really good because you're going to push forward and experience a different level of your work. All right. Well, that just about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please check out www.messystudiopodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. For more from Rebecca Kroll, please check out www.rebeccacroll.com and Cold Wax Academy at www.coldwaxacademy.com and sign up for the email lists to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. The Messy Studio Podcast is a core publication management production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.